A 15-year curse has been lifted on the same night in which the New Jersey Devils reunited with former associate coach Andrew Burnett and also Tom Fitzgerald was honored pregame alongside with other Predators captains. Worth mentioning that Fitzgerald was the first captain in Nashville history and his team, the Devils, are catching fire at the right possible time. If I said it once, I've said it a thousand times. Things in the Metro and also the wild card are starting to get a little tight. We have a lot to break down in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked on Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Chalky, plug a play announcer. Devils are for Pucks and Pitchforks and also part-time credential media member, Trey Matthews. Before we talk about the good for the New Jersey Devils, let's begin today's episode on a bit of a sour note. I know, but we need to address it. My boy, Santeri Hatika, was sent back down to Utica in order to make room for Brendan Smith, who recently returned from injury. Now, this move sparked huge controversy because Hatika has arguably been one of the more consistent players on the Devils' blue line the last few games because in seven game appearances, he has a plus-minus rating of plus seven, and he also has two assists to go along with that. So he has grown into the hearts of many Devils fans, and it seems like Devils media is also very fond of him. And I told you guys when he was initially called up to replace Brendan Smith back in January – I told you, like, going back to that Timo Meyer trade last year, he was one of the more underrated assets. And he showcased uh, his potential because he knew where to position himself. He was moving really well. And once again, he was very consistent on a devil's blue line that's been very mediocre throughout the course of the year. Now, people are wondering, why did the Devils make this move? Why didn't they send down Nick DeSimone? Because DeSimone ever since being claimed off waivers from the Calgary Flames, still has not suited up in a game for the Devils. Well, courtesy of my buddies, James Nichols and Ryan Ovazinski, they clarified it on social media. So James Nichols answered uh, somebody's question by saying, likely because Hataka is waiver exempt. And then Ryan Ovazinski added on to that by saying, only reason I could think of too. Devils probably don't want to lose another body given the injuries they've dealt with this year. Kids played really well. Now, what does Novo mean by that? Well, for Nick Simone, he would have to clear through waivers because, remember, that's how the Devils got him in the first place from Calgary. And I, I know what you're thinking. You're probably thinking like, well, Nick Simone, he's not really going to play all that much. Well, remember, the Devils need as many bodies as they potentially can because they have been plagued with injuries throughout the course of the season, and they're still missing two key defensemen in Dougie Hamilton and Jonas Siegenthaler. So getting Brendan Smith back is a good step in the right direction, but they're still somewhat shorthanded for a time being. So Hataka can be sent back down to Utica with no repercussion, but the same cannot be said for Simone. So I get it that Hataka is obviously the better player for the time being, and he has a lot of upside, but I just want to make something perfectly clear. Hataka will be back on the Devils roster sooner rather than later. I think he has made a good first impression with the 
organization. I think Lindy Ruff knows how talented he is, and I think he will see his role blossom a little bit more. So the underrated asset in the whole Timo Meyer trade, his career can only go up from here. Now, he's not as flashy as Shimon Nemetz or Luke Hughes, but that's perfectly fine because Nemetz and Hughes, they can focus on the offensive side of things when it comes to Devils prospects. And Hataka, sort of a breath of fresh air because he focuses more on the defensive aspect. So down the road, he's going to be a big help for the Devils in their future plans. So I, I was sad that Hataka was sent back down to Utica once again, but we talk about uh, the political nature of sports, and unfortunately, this is where the political nature comes into play because politics does exist in sports, and Hataka is the odd man out in this case. Okay, enough of a sour note. Let's talk about the good for the Devils because I need to get a triple amen or a hallelujah up in here because for the first time since January 19th, 2009, the Devils beat the Predators in Nashville during regulation. So throughout the past 15 or so years, the Devils have beaten the Predators in Nashville before, but that has come via either OT or a shootout. So for the first time in regulation in over a decade, the Devils beat the Predators. And can I also add on to that? The Devils won back-to-back set of games for the first time this season. So a lot of things to be preaching and, and cheering for because the Devils are getting hot at the right possible moment, and I'll talk about that momentarily. So I talked about it in my previous post-game recap that this is a good test for the Devils because they beat the Seattle Kraken, and right now the Seattle Kraken, I have the utmost respect for them, but they're somewhat of a mediocre team. They're inconsistent. They had a really good month of January, thanks to mostly Joey Decord, but They've started to cool off a little bit, so I was like, okay, maybe this is a game that falls into the favor of the Devils. Now, in this game against the Predators, the Predators have a similar record as the Devils, but the thing is is that in their last five games, the Predators have suffered four losses. So they're not riding all that much good momentum, and maybe this is a good opportunity for the Devils to pounce and finally sweep a back-to-back contest because it's been a big struggle this year for Devils, it's been a main talking point. It's been an Achilles heel. I've said, if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times, the Devils have left a lot of cheese and lettuce on the table when it comes to trying to get some points to get themselves back into the playoff hunt. Now, why was this back-to-back a little bit different for the Devils? Well, I talked about it once again in my post-game recap that the Devils were riding some good momentum dating back to the Carolina Hurricanes game. Now, I know the Devils came away on the losing end in OT, but they still walked away with a point, and they arguably played one of their best games of the season against a Hurricanes team that's second in the Metro. And then the game against Seattle Kraken, they didn't walk away with the shutout. I think that was their only blemish throughout the course of the game. They did not walk away with uh, the shutout, but they still played one hell of a game. The offense was electrifying. They snapped their power play goalless streak 0 for 23, And it seemed like the Devils, uh, everything was going their way. And in this game against the Predators, the same could be said for their offensive execution. Because they made UC Soros work. Like, he had to work if the Predators were going to walk away with the win. And Coach Todd Richards acknowledged it 
because he said that the team was relying too much on Soros to bail him out. And one of the main talking points for the Predators as the game progressed was that they needed to try to clean up the loose change in front of Soros. They needed to collect those loose pucks, and the Devils were taking full advantage of it. It seemed like the Devils had a different sense of urgency in this game. And if you were looked at the deserved winnow meter, it falls heavily into the Devils' favor. So I think that was something that's been missing in some of these back-to-back games. And I get it. No one really wants to lose. But you could just see the body language from the Devils. You could see their lack of execution. You can see them just shifted into a lower gear, especially in that game against the San Jose Sharks. It seemed like the Devils just gave up on themselves rather early. And then when they tried to amount the comeback, it was too little, too late. Now, what do I mean by sense of urgency? Well, all you have to do is look at the shots on goal differential in this matchup. So for Soros, he saw 46 shots total and he made 43 saves. That is the most saves and the most shots he has faced throughout the course of this season. So the Devils were coming out with that extra pep in their step. And the first period should really be a telltale sign. Now, here's the thing. The Devils did go down one to nothing thanks to Ryan O'Reilly on the power play. But the Devils didn't let that affect them. Their body language did not change because the shots on goal differential in the first period was 22 to 12 in favor of the Devils. And once again, the Devils finished off with 47 total shots. So almost half of their shots came in the first period. But that's good. Get off to a good start and good things will happen. So this game was essential for the Devils because a little later in the night, the Edmonton Oilers, thanks to Connor McDavid racking up what, like, six assists against the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, that kind of helps the Devils a little bit because if we look at the wild card standings, the Devils are now only two points behind the Red Wings for the second spot in the wild card. And right now the Philadelphia Flyers are still in the midst of their four game winning streak, but the Devils, once again, getting hot at the right possible time, they can focus on just trying to either get the wild card spot because they're right there. They're just inches away but they can start to gain some ground in the Metro as well. It'll be an uphill battle, but the Devils are not out. And this is something I've been talking about on this show. People wanted to count out the Devils throughout the course of the year when, when injuries hit them, when struggles hit them, fire Lindy Ruff, do this, do that. And I'm just like, it's still very early in the season. They're down, but they're not out. So Islanders right now are on a two-game losing skid. The Capitals are on a two-game losing skid. And the Penguins are on a two-game losing skid. Oh, I forgot to make this joke about the Islanders. And they are led by Patrick, not quite as good a goaltender as Martin Brodeur. Wah. <laughs> just, just, just had to uh, throw that shade a little bit. But anyway, the Devils have racked up five points in their previous three games. And that is crucial. So we'll talk about my three stars in the game and some other players that caught my eye momentarily. But before we continue, I want to tell you guys about Game Time. So I've actually used the Game Time app before. I've used it to buy uh, NBA tickets. I've used it to buy MLB tickets. I remember seeing a baseball game over the summer with my brother. So what is the Game Time app? Well, last minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Views from all seats in the venue. Lowest price guaranteed, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, etc. So Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last-minute seats. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. 
Okay, let's highlight some players that caught my eye in this matchup. So some honorable mentions. Honorable mention number one, Curtis Lazar, who walked away with an assist. Now, we're not going to talk about his assist. We're going to talk about his all-team first defense type of mentality late in the third period because the Predators, they were down by a goal. This was before Nico Kiescher solidified the victory with the empty netter, but they were buzzing on Nico Dawes. And there was an open net opportunity. And what did Curtis Lazar do? He put his body on the line and got the block shot. Talk about coming up clutch for your team. The thing is, is like Curtis Lazar has come up clutch a few times this season for the Devils. So I think back to uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins game when he was at the helm of snapping their five-game winning streak. I think back to the Islanders game late in November when he got the game-winning goal after the Devils amounted a huge comeback victory. And now I think about his defense in this matchup against the Predators. Curtis Lazar has been a very clutch player. And what a great find by Tom Fitzgerald, because not only is Curtis Lazar thriving offensively and doing better for even his standards, he's doing well defensively. And that's why Tom Fitzgerald pursued him, because in Curtis Lazar's words, when I interviewed him one time, he says that he is a meat and potatoes type of player, but he is more than meat and potatoes. Like, uh, so you get that meat and potatoes from Applebee's. He's probably thought, no, he's getting it from Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> he's been really dynamic for Devils this year. And I've just been loving his impact. And the Devils, they needed someone with grittiness. They needed someone with uh, toughness. And Curtis Lazar is the epitome of that. Now, my second honorable mention, and so many people are going to kill me for this, but I am well prepared for it. Nico Heischer. Now I get it. I get it. Nico Heischer did technically walk away with two goals, but here's the thing. Uh, just, just let me just bear with me for a second. So his first goal, even Heischer didn't think he scored it because he wasn't the first one in the celebration line. It was Jesper Bratt. Originally, we thought Jesper Bratt had scored the goal, but Nico Heischer was uh, officially tallied with it after a look at the replay. It looked like it grazed off his stick. Now, he did tie the game in the third period. I got to give him credit where credit is due. But um, even he didn't know he scored that goal. And then his second goal was an empty netter. And I feel like there's some other players that had, let's just say, more meaningful goals as to how this outcome went for the Devils. Now, who were those players? Well, we'll talk about that momentarily. But my third star of the game belongs to Nico Dawes because that man continued his success from the outing against the Kraken. Now, I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I did not anticipate for Nico Dawes to get the start in this game. Vitek Vanacek is still out with his lower body and illness, but I thought this is a chance for Akira Schmidt to probably see some action because it's been a while since we've seen Schmido and Ned. I said in the first segment that the Predators had dropped four of their last five matchups, so maybe we would see Akira Schmidt because you don't usually see goalies nowadays in today's NHL start back-to-back -back games because rest is so vital uh, according to the statistics, but Lindy Ruff went with his gut and he put Nico Dawes in net. And I think I speak for everyone when I said I didn't really see it coming and, and I'm not going to complain about it because he was really good. So he's carrying that momentum from the previous game. And Nico Dawes has been very steady in between the pipes. And I forgot to mention this in the previous episode, but that win against the Kraken, that was Dawes's first win since January 13th, if you could believe it. So a full calendar month. So Nico Dawes right now has been a very steady, reliable option for the Devils in the wake of the absence of Vitek Vancek and the uncertainty of Akira Schmid for the time being. So that's why 
He's my third star of the game. He's been an absolute trooper making a lot of those crucial saves for Devils because like Jack Hughes said, when you make those saves, when you make those vital saves at the right possible time, good things will happen for your team. My second star of the game belongs to Timo Meyer. Now I was contemplating, was I going to make Timo my third or my second star? Like, what was I going to do? And I just ultimately said, I'm going to give Timo the second star because he is riding a mini two-game point streak because he got an assist in the last matchup against the Kraken. So far in 39 game appearances, Meyer has 10 goals, 11 assists for a grand total of 21 points. And he got the game-winning goal in this matchup because he was scrambling out in front and he put it right past Soros. And remember, Soros was fire in net because Devils had to earn every single goal. But why did I make Timo Meyer my second star? It's because... Timo Meyer just needs some positive momentum to go his way. Like, I think this is sort of uh, a, a coming out party similar to Jack Hughes's situation against the Kraken, which was if he just finds the back of the net just once or if he just gets a couple assists here and there, maybe we'll see Timo Meyer go on a bit of a heater because Timo Meyer, similar to a lot of his teammates, have been derailed with injuries and fans have turned on him rather quickly because his contract is not a cheap one and Getting his services, it wasn't easy to do. But I said that Timo Meyer, while he might not be a 40-goal scorer like he was last season, I still think he's very vital on this roster. He's capable of scoring goals, but given how much talent is surrounding him, he doesn't have to do that anymore. He doesn't have to do a lot of the heavy lifting. But in this game, I think this could be a confidence booster for Timo Meyer. So once again, riding a mini two-game point streak, and hopefully this points him in the right direction. Now. First star, come on, you, you already know who I'm going to say, Jack Hughes. Three points in his last two games. Now, like, like I said in the previous episode, coming out party for Jack Hughes because expect for him to also go on a heater because that's all he needed to just uh, get himself going once again. So two assists in the previous matchup against the Kraken, and he got the initial game-tying goal. Obviously, the Predators ended up taking the lead a little later in the game, but that's not the point. The point is, is that the offense has been just so much better for the Devils and that's because of Jack Hughes so this has been a struggle for the Devils when they've given up the first goal of the game in the absence of Jack Hughes it's just like they lose that spark they lose that offensive firepower and I was just like once they get Jack Hughes back expect for it to just go up to an to another level so that game against the Avalanche when he made his uh return from injury you just saw the execution for the offense much better and that's because of Jack Hughes and on his goal when he passed the red line at center, no one even attempted to stop him. And this short side type of goal, like when he gets closer to the net and he's tailing off to the side, that's going to become his signature move. So teams take note of that because Jack Hughes, if he runs out of room, that's better for him. He he, he sees a shot that he doesn't like, he's still going to take it and he might just knock it in. So if he gets closer to the net, don't guarantee that you're going to smother him because he will find a sliver of daylight and burn you so those are my three stars of the game now like i do with every post game recap i will compare the stats and give the devils a letter grade but before we do that let me tell you guys about FanDuel. so get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, america's number one sports book because right now new customers get 150 dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar bet that's 150 bucks if your bet wins bet on all your favorite nba players and teams with quick bets live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. So just visit FanDuel.com slash on and shoot your shot. FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NBA. 
Okay, let's compare the stats, give the Devils a letter grade, and get out of here. So shots on goal differential, 47 to 32 in favor of the Devils. Face-off percentage, 50.9% to the Devils, 49.1% to the Predators. Once again, Devils uh, winning the face-off department. This is probably the last time I'm going to say it until they lose it, but uh, they're they're doing well in the face-off department just for what it's worth. Power play, Devils were 0 for 2. Still in their cold streak. I thought that Tyler Toffoli power play goal in the previous matchup against the Kraken would do wonders, but uh, still a little stagnant. Uh, Predators, once again, one for two. Hits, 37 to 20 in favor of the Predators. Block shots, 27 to 17 in favor of the Predators. Giveaways, 15 to 8 in favor of the Smashville Predators. Takeaways, 17 to 9 in favor of the Preds. So, if I had to give the Devils a letter grade, I'm going to give them an A minus because everything was pretty solid for the Devils. So their offensive execution, really good. Their defensive execution, solid, not spectacular, but got the job done. Goaltending, really good. And I just think overall, this was just a very good outing for New Jersey. And they're catching fire at the right possible time. So they got the LA Kings and then they will take their uh, talents outside to MetLife Stadium. So catch them outside. How about that? But anyway, this game was important for Devils because they finally beat the Predators in Nashville in regulation for the first time in years. They won their first back-to-back games for, uh, for the season, and that's also very vital. And thank God for the Oilers beating the Red Wings to help the Devils gain some ground in the wild card standing. So all is well in New Jersey, with the exception of Santeri Hataka being sent down to Utica. But I think he has made a good first impression and he will definitely be back on the NHL roster. But let me know what you guys think. What did you think of this matchup again uh, for the Devils? What did you think of the offensive execution, especially in the first period? And the Devils just giving Soros the work. Here's to hear your guys' thoughts. So leave a comment down below if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening on podcast streaming service, hit me up on my personal X page app at TreyMat4 or the show's X page app at Locked On Devils. As for this episode, that's what I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day in New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys next episode. Thanks for listening once again.